ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾಯ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತ್ಯೈ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹೆಲೋ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ರವಿ ರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದ ಫೋರ್ತ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸಪಶ್ಯತಿ ದ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಎಂಡೆಡ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಅಪ್ರಿಷಿಯೇಟಿವ್ ಕಮೆಂಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಒನ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಅಪ್ರಿಸಿಯೇಷನ್ ಈಸ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಆಸ್ಕ್ ಮೀ ಟು ಪಿಕ್ ತ್ರೀ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ದಟ್ ಗಿವ್ ದ ಎಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬ್ಯೂಟಿ ಆಫ್ ದಿಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ದೆನ್ ವಿತೌಟ್ ಡೌಟ್ ಐ ವಿಲ್ ಸೇ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ದ ಮಿಡಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಈಸ್ ಧರ್ಮಕ್ಷೇತ್ರೆ ಗುರುಕ್ಷೇತ್ರೆ ಸಮವೇದ ಯುಯುತ್ಸವ ಮಾಮಕ ಪಾಂಡವಾಶ್ಚೈವ ಕಿಮಕೋರ್ವದ ಸಂಜಯ ಧರ್ಮತ್ತಿನ್ ಇರುಪ್ಪಿಡಂ ಗುರುಕ್ಷೇತ್ರಂ ಯುದ್ಧಮಿಡ ವಿರುಂಬಿ ಸೇರ್ವಿಡ ಎನ್ಮಕ್ಕಳಂ ಪಾಂಡುವಿನ್ ಮಹನ್ಗಳಂ ಸೈವದೆನ್ನ ಸೊಲ್ಲು ಸಂಜಯ ಓ ಸಂಜಯ ಡಿಸೈರಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಫೈಟಿಂಗ್ ವಾಟ್ ಇನ್ ಮೈ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಸನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಪಾಂಡು ಡೂ ವೆನ್ ದೇ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ಡ್ ಟುಗೆದರ್ ಇನ್ ಗುರುಕ್ಷೇತ್ರ ದಿ ಹೋಲಿ ಪ್ಲೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ರೈಕ್ಷಸ್ನೆಸ್ ದ ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಈಸ್ ಸಿಂಪಲ್ ಟು ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಇನ್ ಅಡಿಷನ್ ಟು ದಟ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ವಿ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಫೈಂಡ್ ದ ಲೈಫ್ ಫಿಲಾಸಫಿ ಆಸ್ ಟಾಟ್ ಬೈ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಇನ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಎ ಲಿಟಲ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ಗ್ರೌಂಡ್ ಆನ್ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ ಧರ್ಮ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವಾಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಐಡಿಯಾ ಆಫ್ ಧರ್ಮ ಈಸ್ ವೆರಿ ಯುನೀಕ್ ಟು ಇಂಡಿಯನ್ ರಿಲಿಜನ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಡಿ ಎನ್ ಎ ಆಫ್ ಇಂಡಿಯಾ ಯೂಶ್ವಲಿ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಟೆಡ್ ಆಸ್ ಡ್ಯೂಟಿ ಆರ್ ರೈಟ್ಶಿಯಸ್ನೆಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಮಚ್ ಮೋರ್ ದೆನ್ ದಟ್ ಟು ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಇಟ್ ಬೆಟರ್ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಟು ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿ ಅಪ್ಲಿಕೇಶನ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಟ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ಧರ್ಮ ಈಸ್ ಡಿರೈಡ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ರೂಟ್ ದೃ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಅಪ್ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ಸೊ ಧರ್ಮ ಈಸ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಅಪ್ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಎ ಥಿಂಗ್ that which makes a thing what it is sweetness is the dharma of sugar saltiness is the dharma of salt any white powder cannot be called sugar or salt in this context great rishis of the upanishad era declared that our dharma is our spiritual essence the eternal life element the dharma of what is within us does not depend on time and space hence it is called sanatana dharma the eternal dharma the goal is to understand and be that eternal dharma this dharma is not a religion not a duty not righteousness this dharma is nothing but the consciousness and this individual consciousness is nothing but the universal consciousness this idea is what distinguishes sanatana dharma from other religions western abrahamic religions are moralistic religions whereas sanatana dharma is a dharmic religion or if you can call it a dharmic way of life to realize the ultimate spiritual principle our true inner self nature takes care of animals they do not operate on dharma and adharma the dharma and adharma is only for humans because through their intellect choice is given to humans in spite of this dharma of all of us being the same consciousness humans are different this external variance in our true unchanging dharma is the expression of swadharma based on the accumulation of deep seated vasanas that is impressions created over many past lives now what makes us who we are and while living our swadharma what values ideals attitudes practices will help us to recognize our true dharma is the teaching to follow bhagavad gita says that it is important to understand the dharma of our own self and then interact in this world 
and that is the only sure way to eternal happiness. The application of dharma comes in four ways. First is the dharma that is applicable to all beings. It is universal dharma. Second is swadharma, individual dharma, one's own dharma. Third is varnashrama dharma, scriptures ordained dharma of an individual at various stages in life. The fourth is Visesha Dharma, special dharma or regional dharma applicable only in certain time and or space. By the time we understand all the characteristics of dharma, Bhagavan will throw a wrench and will conclude his teachings saying, Throw away all dharma and take refuge in me. Sarva dharma paritya maamekam saranam vraja aham tva sarva papebhyo mokshayishyami maashuchakam எல்லா தர்மமும் விட்டு விட்டு என்னிடம் மட்டும் தஞ்சம் அடை நான் உன்னை எல்லா பாபங்களிலும் விடுவிப்பேன் கவலைப்படாதே அபேண்டனிங் ஆல் தர்மாஸ் டேக் ரெஃப்யூஜ் இன் மீ அலோன் ஐ வில் லிபரேட் யூ ஃப்ரம் ஆல் சின்ஸ் கிரீவ் நாட் சேஸ் பகவான் இன் த ஃபைனல் சாப்டர் எயிட்டீன் வித் தட் பேக்ரவுண்ட் ஆன் தர்மா லெட் அஸ் சி ஹவு த வெரி ஃபர்ஸ்ட் வேர்ட்ஸ் ரிஃப்ளெக்ட்ஸ் த பகவத்கீதா டீச்சிங் சமவேத யூத்சவஹா மீன்ஸ் அசம்பிள்டு டுகெதர் டு ஃபைட் Every day, the world is in turmoil, fighting going on everywhere. It looks like the humans are all assembled together in this world just to fight. Is it to fight against each other or something else? Sanatana Dharma says, we are born to fight against our own negativities, the agitations in the mind and the ignorance about our true self in the intellect and not to fight with each other. In Chapter 13, The 24 components of the material nature known as Prakriti are described. Ahankara and the five gross elements are explained as part of the Prakriti. In this verse, Mamaka represents Ahankara, the ego, and Pandava represents the five elements. There is a constant fight going on within an individual. It is the suffering that one goes through in this life. It is the ups and downs of life. The imperishable indweller dharma is taken for a ride by the prakriti, the perishable world. But what is behind both is one and the same Brahman Paramatma. This is the teaching of Upanishads and anyone who understands this oneness is in Yutsavaha. Yuj is to yoke, to join. Utsava means festival. Yutsavaha is to join in the festival. Festival is a joyous occasion. Seeing the oneness behind everything in the universe gives us moksha, liberation, which is the most joyous occasion. In a sense, the word dharma has a spiritual imagery and the word dharmakshetra indicates a spiritual place whereas gurukshetra is a physical place representing a place of action or the material world. These two indicate that there are two worlds we have to deal with. Though there seems to be a war between the spiritualistic and materialistic tendencies, with proper spiritual understanding, it will be clear that everything is one and the same. In modern times, it is like the difference between the world of science and the world of religion. One who does not want to sound like a dinosaur says they believe only in science. It looks like there is a conflict between the two. This may be true of some religions, but Bhagavad Gita sees no conflict. Bhagavan says that the entire cosmos is Dharmakshetram, the place where Dharma resides. Chapters 7 and 10 explain this with many examples. 
when there seems to be so much conflict in life, how to get ultimate eternal happiness is the question. The very first verse of Bhagavad Gita says that understanding what is behind the two worlds, the spiritual world and the material world as one and the same, one attains the highest happiness. Those who are assembled in the material world, that is, those who are born in this world, seeing dharma residing as the same principle behind the spiritual world and the material world, will be united with joy and happiness. They will be in festivity. Yaha pashyati sa pashyati. Next, the middle verse, the 24th verse. Evam yukto rishi kesho guda keshena bharatam senayor ubayor madhyem Sanjaya says, O Bharata, thus addressed by Gudakesha, Rishikesha having stationed the best of chariots between the two armies. The chapter started with Dharmakshetri Gurukshetri, and if one asks where in Kurukshetra the Dharma was established, it is literally in Senayor Ubayor Madhye, the midpoint between the two armies, which is a no man's land. In the 21st verse, Arjuna asks Krishna to park the chariot in the middle of the battlefield and Krishna parks the chariot in verse 24, which is literally the middle verse of the chapter. In the 21st verse, Arjuna speaks only in the second half of the verse after Sanjaya makes his observation in the first half. It looks as though it is a half-hearted appeal from Arjuna. As Arjuna takes the next two verses to explain why he wants to do that, Krishna drives the chariot across the battlefield to position the chariot in a place not far off from Bhishma and Drona. It is the duty of a good charioteer to help the warrior on the chariot to succeed. The task on hand is how to perform all our worldly activities without getting sin and attain moksha. Arjuna asking Krishna to station the chariot in between the two armies is just talk, not taking into account the consequences of such an action. It is an ego-driven demand. On the other hand, without uttering a single word, Krishna stationing the chariot in between the two armies is skill in action. He performed the action as yoga, for in chapter 2, Bhagavan defines yoga as yoga karmasu kaushalam. Yoga is skill in action. The place where the chariot was parked is the neutral place in the battlefield. It belongs neither to the Pandavas nor to the Kauravas and at the same time both sides are present in the battlefield. It is like the demilitarized zone. Crossing it is like entering into enemy territory. Since the conches have already been sounded and cheerleaders are making a tremendous sound, that is vibrating between the earth and the heaven, everyone's hand is itching to use their weapons. Arjuna with bow in his hand riding majestically on the chariot with his eyes making a survey of his enemies and crossing into the enemy territory will be taken as a sign of Arjuna coming to fight. Arrows from the enemy side will start flying towards him. Though Arjuna has the bow in his hand, there is no indication of him picking up an arrow. Since Arjuna is not yet ready to fire his arrows, the farthest he can go without provoking his enemies is the midpoint between the two armies. Hence, it is appropriate to stop in between the two armies to take stock of things before entering into the enemy's territory. During the last 13 years, 
Arjuna and Krishna had plenty of time and opportunities to discuss various things, yet neither showed an intention nor used opportunities that came in their way to discuss life's most important vexing questions. Also, an ego-driven warrior like Arjuna has to ignore the millions of soldiers with their drawn weapons standing all around them to listen and be immersed in a deep spiritual conversation with Krishna. This place is a lot more difficult than in the palace or in the forest when they had plenty of time. So, why did Krishna choose this place and time to teach? Of course, Arjuna's meltdown happened in this place. Is that all? No. First, it is to show how Krishna can treat the world of dualities with an equanimity of mind. It is one of the main teachings of Bhagavad Gita. If the Kauravas represent the evil and the Pandavas represent the good, then to know the ultimate truth, one should not take side with either the good or the evil and has to go beyond both. Bhagavan stresses again and again that one should not be swayed by likes and dislikes, pleasure and pain, victory and defeat, success and failure, honor and dishonor, and find equanimity of mind to all pairs of opposites. In chapter 2, he says, go beyond the good deeds and the bad deeds, and gives another definition for yoga, which is samatvam yoga uchate. That is, evenness of mind is yoga, and the person living that way is a yogi. Parking the chariot in the middle of the two armies is a yogic action that was performed before giving his verbal teachings. Here he is living his teaching that is yet to come. The second reason to choose this place to teach is that this teaching is applicable beyond space and time. Establishing a universal dharma should not be specific to a person or to a specific time period. A teaching taught in this no man's land, a neutral place, is not just for Arjuna. It is for all the people standing on both sides as well as for those who are not there at that time and place. Otherwise, why would we be interested in studying this thousands of years after the war? Thus, it is beyond time and space. Therefore, Dharmakshetra means the time and space where a person gets knowledge about the Paramatma who is beyond time and space. I am the abode of everlasting Dharma, declares Bhagavan in chapter 14. That Paramatma itself is Dharma. Third, Dharmakshetra is our body where the Dharma, the consciousness, reside and tackles the war called life. In Sanatana Dharma, our body is called a temple because it is Dharmakshetra. A teaching about this Dharma and its Kshetra is universal in nature and has to be delivered in a place considered as neutral by all. Fourth, Neutrality is not only for teaching, but also for receiving the teaching. We all are caught up in this whirlpool of life with no time to pause and think about what we are doing and why we are doing whatever we are doing. To understand Dharma and one's own self, one needs to stop and inquire at the right time and right place with the right person with the right attitude. When we are surrounded by our friends who support us, we feel overconfident and fail to heed to reasons from other neutral people. When we are surrounded by enemies, our focus is only on survival. What is important is a place where there is no other external support and the mind is churning so hard that it wants to find a real solution. 
it is only in this no man's land that arjuna even realizes that he has a problem and more importantly he feels safe to spell that out hence this was the best place for arjuna to receive his teaching and it is dharmakshetra in the same way for us also to understand dharma and our own true self there is no need to go to the forest it can happen right where we live and work the place need not always be a quiet park or the comfort of our home or an ashramam you don't need to be a sanyasi a renunciator it only needs one's initiative an open mind to understand the real problems and the patience to understand the real solutions to the problems and put them into practice in essence stopping the chariot in between the two armies is an indication that one needs to take a pause be impartial and take the middle path to understand the real problems before finding a satisfying solution to the problems most of the world's problems are due to people taking extreme positions and here is a classic teaching those surrounded by people ready to start a war with you unless you are open minded and willing to stay sometime in a neutral place to find the right answers answers to your most vexing problems will not be available last but not the least rishikesha means the lord of senses rishikesha having stationed indicates the parking of the senses parking the senses indicate that the senses are not going to go out of that area in search of the sense objects krishna's senses will be focused on giving the teaching and arjuna's senses will be focused on listening only with focused senses learning takes place also arjuna being addressed as gudakesha gives an indication that unlike many of us who sleep during a lecture arjuna will not sleep and will pay full attention to the teachings of bhagavan moving on to the third appreciation after arjuna's long monologue the scene switches back to the blind king's palace and sanjaya describes what arjuna is doing in the middle of the battlefield he ends the chapter with a nail biting climax in verses 24 and 25 sanjaya observed that as asked by gudakesham rishikesha parked the best of the chariots in between the two armies and asked partha to behold the kurus gathered together in the last verse he points out that they are still in the same place in the middle of the two armies but with a difference both the physical and the psychological state of arjuna has changed earlier arjuna was standing tall with a tight grip on his bow now he is sitting down after throwing away his bow and arrows onto the ground earlier arjuna was all psyched up to see who dare to fight with him now his mind is overwhelmed with sorrow and he does not even care if his enemies kill him while he is unresisting and unarmed arjuna started his argument saying his mouth is dry now his mind and intellect are also dry no more arguments left instead only tears are rolling down a warrior standing in the chariot with the bow represents one who is ready to face the challenge but now he is not ready to fight so he sits down his weapons and his body both are down there is only silence in the chariot in life when events overtake us we don't have words objects have no use at that time there is no other medicine like silence till this moment arjuna was standing 
holding his bow but has not picked up any arrow out from his quiver sanjaya says that he throws his bow and arrows down onto the battlefield that is he not only threw what was in his hand the bow but took a conscious effort to remove the arrows from his quiver to throw them down this shows his determination not to fight thus the first the middle and the last verses show the beauty of direct and indirect teaching these verses also covered the four speakers fourth appreciation is arjuna's monologue itself it covered very many issues personal ethical and social it covered superstition it covered faith and tradition it covered morbid issues it covered personal likes and dislikes it covered dharma and adharma it had intellectual aspects and it had emotional aspects in spite of the complexity of the issues and his mental state he presented everything in a systematic way one cannot sweep all his arguments under the table as the words of a mad person arjuna's grief is our grief not just because we share empathy with him but because we also face similar conflicting decision making challenging situations every day we make choices simple and complex whether it is to wear the green dress or the red dress whether to buy a house or to rent which school should our children attend who should we support in the elections which stock to buy and which to sell deciding whether global warming is real or not should one support lgbtq plus or not how to find the balance in following a religion and supporting others who don't subscribe to those values etc compared to arjuna's situation our conflicts are much simpler yet we are overwhelmed by our own situations people deny what they see with their own eyes a fleeting moment of joy in this world is treated like a lifetime in heaven while some take it to religion to deal with the day to day situations others blame it on the unseeable god and some others disgusted with the situation don't even want to walk on a street where there is a church or a temple bottom line is we are also in a complicated life situation like arjuna in the case of arjuna he has acknowledged this complex situation and is looking for the answers are we acknowledging our situations and seeking real answers or not only individuals have to answer the person who understands this situation in an unbiased way is the person who will solve that problem yaha pashyati sa pashyati my final appreciation is comparing arjuna with the great mauryan king ashoka mauryan king ashoka entered the kalinga war with the one and only intention of destroying the kalinga king and establishing his superiority as the undisputed emperor of the world he had no empathy for anyone he used all his might and power and let the blood flow everywhere the immense loss of life and the pain and sufferings of the warriors and the destruction to the society had a great impact on ashoka on the contrary in gurukshetra even before picking an arrow from his quiver arjuna could imagine and show empathy for the immense loss of life the pain and sufferings of the soldiers and their families and the society at large arjuna saw sufferings of even those who are dead and gone from this world he wanted to renounce everything and leave the battlefield even before the first arrow was shot if ashoka had an internal shock and had the spiritual transformation after the war arjuna had the shock and the spiritual transformation before the start of the war itself in the case of arjuna 
he surrendered first bhagavan asked him to remove his ego completely before engaging in any action arjuna had bhagavan on his side during the war on the other hand there was no krishna or any other spiritual master to guide ashoka he was on his own and he fought the war for his own ego sake and after the war his ego took a solid beating and he surrendered himself to the teachings of buddha renouncing violence completely he followed the path of ahimsa and dharma arjuna was not ready to destroy his enemy cousin brothers to attain the kingdom whereas ashoka killed his own brothers to ascend to the throne there was a semblance of selfish dharma in arjuna even before the start of the war in the beginning of chapter 2 arjuna says my natural qualities are overpowered by the defects of compassion on the other hand there was no concept of compassion in ashoka's life until after the war arjuna first conquered his internal enemies subsequently fought the war and conquered his external enemies ashoka first conquered his external enemies and subsequently fought his internal war and conquered his internal enemies in spite of these differences ashoka became great because he was able to subdue his ego although after the war and arjuna became great because he understood what havoc the ego causes within oneself and was able to subdue it before the war dharma came to arjuna and was with him through the war while dharma was not with ashoka during the war and he had to go in search of that after the war yet ashoka did a lot more to the cause of spreading of dharma than arjuna ashoka after the war transformed himself into a brahmin seeking knowledge and truth on the other hand arjuna though argued that he wanted to take up the sanyasa ashramam did not follow it up with action because he was such a hardened kshatriya this is where swadharma kicks in from both cases the lesson to learn is how our ego is our real problem and how it can cause havoc without and within and how we have to overcome it to be successful in our life especially in our spiritual journey we can realize our dharma anytime in our life usually it happens after a time of crisis when life goes smoothly then our ego says it is all because of my smartness that i am achieving success on the other hand real shock and deep rooted grief are true catalyst for change this is what kunti had in mind when she asked krishna to bless her with difficulties so that she will always remember him yaha pashyati sa pashyati until next time this is raviranganadan bidding goodbye bahavat kunta yaha pashyati sa pashyati yaha pashyati sa pashyati yaha pashyati sa pashyati Oh